My name is Phil Mendoza, and this is a championship bow hunting podcast fueled by Mountain Ops. Join me and my guests as we give you bow hunting tips to take your preparation to the next level. Welcome back to the podcast. We are in group form tonight. Uh, Brandon is is the only one that is uh, enjoying some sunny weather. Not with us tonight, but Caleb, Grant, Braden, what's happening? Yo. Hello, everybody. Everybody good? Oh, Abe, hey, you know we're I'm I'm winding down myself. I'm I've been at it since like five this morning, and I'm it's almost nine o'clock tonight when we're recording. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm running on fumes and gummy bears or gummy or fruit snacks. <laughs> wow, but, they're delicious, aren't they? Right? <laughs> Can't complain, oh. man. Um, well, I hear you, man. I'm just walking in the door and loading my truck, so. so For you get done from working out, or where you been? Well, working out, I was meeting with a guy about some new calls, a uh, local guy. Um, so, yeah, just getting home now. And Grant. Yeah, I haven't even shot, I haven't even ate. So, you still got a little few hours ahead of you then? Yeah, I got some time. What are you playing with, Grant? Uh, way too many broadheads. That's, that can <laughs> be a problem, or that can be a good thing. <clears throat> right. Yeah, right. I mean, the the good news is I got some variety. <laughs> the bad news is I have about three of each, so there's going to be a variety in my quiver <laughs> as well. Yeah. So you're going to have to choose, like, your two favorites, right? Yeah, your two something best. like that. Well, yeah, and then what, have plans. What's your cri- what's your criteria there? Whatever shoots, man. I'm not too like I don't know. I mean, I I've been pretty good with uh, mechanicals and fixed blades. It's just a matter of making sure it shoots clean out of the bow. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of like a little bit of a combination to have the mechanicals when you go to poke. You know, if I'm shooting. If I take a 50, 60 yard shot, then I'm a little more comfortable with the mechanical for my errors that I make when I take my shots. It's always good to have right, so broadheads that work. Um, yeah. N- not not have a plethora of broadheads because they suck. Yeah. What, are you what, uh, are you thinking you might have uh, a fixed blade and looking for a fixed blade and a and a say a mechanical or a hybrid that shoots similar so you can have both of them in, in your quiver for different situations or what's your thought process? That's kind of the idea. Um that's what I was doing last year and it worked out pretty nice. You know, like if something comes in and it's, you know, at a comfortable range where my where my fixed were shooting well, which for me was about fifty sixty last year. Um then I'd use those, and if I went to fling an arrow any further than that, then I'd uh, go for the mechanical. Um, just less issues with wind, mm-hmm. less issues with poor form. Um, I'm not a quite Phil Mendoza when it comes to shooting bows. I need as much <laughs> help as I can get with those, uh, you know, because anything with a, any mistake you make with those fixed blades, it just exacerbates the, the problem. Wait a minute. I'll I'll empty a quiver. You know I'm not. Uh, <laughs> perception. You need to come to Hawaii, Phil. Perception yeah, I, not I always is reality. Still. Yeah. <laughs> no, but. Yeah, yeah, but so that that's kind of what worked for me last year. That's kind of what I'm thinking this year. I'm looking at three or four different mechanicals and three or four different six blades right now. So I should hopefully be able to get a couple of them to work. <laughs> but you've got the same bow, right? You're still shooting that nit- is either a Nitrum Turbo or a 34? Ah, uh, 34, yeah. Still so, shooting that 34. Okay, so that's that's good, right? You've got a constant. Uh, your arrows, are they the same as that you shot last year? Um, yeah, yeah right but I got, I got, yeah, I got two sets. So, um, and, I, and I'm playing with what's going to shoot the best because um, I'm curious to see. So I have gold tip um kinetic chaoses and then i have the um caleb this is when you help me out Uh, element typhoons element typhoons 
So I was down there and showed up for strings and almost walked out with like a rest of three dozen arrows and all kinds of stuff in Dirty <laughs> North. So uh, I'm yeah. trying to get the arrows out too. And I kind of want to do a little bit of a, you know, side-by-side comparison and see how they stack up. They're, um, you know, similar, the, the smaller diameter arrows, what the um, two four or what, what are the diameters? You guys know it's better. Than 204. The, yeah, 204 ID. ID. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I got carbon weave. Mm-hmm. You guys are saying all kinds of good things about spines and and weight on all these, so I'm I'm really excited to try the Texans out and just see how they stack up versus the gold pits. How are they weight wise comparable? Uh, overall they're, arrow weight. They're they're going to be a little bit heavier because I have 60 grain inserts in the typhoons and I have 50 in the uh, in my gold tips. And then correct me if I'm wrong, Caleb, but I think it's like another half grain or full grain heavier per inch is that yeah, right yeah yeah but it's almost so, it's like a full grain per inch it's they're pretty heavy just out early yeah, yeah it's so, finishing out yeah, oh yeah over 500 in, yeah i'll be coming in at like 530 with okay. these i believe when they're <laughs> built up and then uh, my goal tips are like 480 485 yeah. yeah so i mean and, and that's still i Man, that heavier arrow has done a lot for me. I noticed a big difference switching to that last year. It was, Caleb, it was funny. I ran into Grant down at your shop, Phil, down at No Limits on Sunday, and he's, he's bear shaft tuning his elements against his Oh, yeah. His, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I want to see the test result. This is a good test. Let me see what this looks like. Yeah. <laughs> they all, they, I mean, they all shot pretty they, they well. Were pretty, I mean, the, the elements yeah, were a little different. You know, it was just kind of to be expected, but it was all really close. Yeah, yeah. it was shooting pretty well. It was shooting pretty well. Are they the... Yeah, they threw a broadheads. Yep. I, I think you like it, man. Um, I think you really like them. They just, the carbon weave on them uh, tends to control dynamic spine uh, better than it better than than other arrows out there because it, the weave holds it tighter dynamic by dynamic I mean when it's in flight in motion it'll actually show a stiffer spine uh, rather than you put it up something with the same static spine say a 300 spine a 300 spine they're both gonna test out at a 300 spine if you put them on the tester but it's in flight. They recover way quicker. They're a lot more rigid because of the weave runs all the way through. And I, I think you'll like it, man. And I think if you throw a fixed blade on there, you'll be pretty happy with the results too, just because of that uh, extra control. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it'd be good. I mean, cool, it's, it's uh, my favorite thing to do is just try it, you know, see, shoot three of each and see how they're grouping next to each other and see, you know, how they control broadheads next to each other and just kind of play with it and see how they stack up. Because the gold tips are good. I, I don't really have oh, yeah. a whole lot of complaints. Oh, yeah. You know, I know they're, those are good arrows. But I'm just, you know, we we all have the sickness to where you're always trying to play with what's new. And I, ne- I didn't even know these existed until I came down to your shop. So glad you guys Yeah, and then we, we sat there till what, 1.30 in the morning? Working on oh, like that on your bow. <laughs> Too late. Yeah, yeah, it was a little late. So little Brent, late. You're, those are the same arrows you're shooting, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the uh, same ones I'm shooting. Um, three hundred spine, right? Grant, here's three hundred shoot, correct? Yeah, that's what I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm shooting a little different setup. I put a, I put an RP, uh, Eastern RPS insert in mine. Stainless steel deep six insert in mine because mm-hmm. I wanted to be more in that seven four seventy six range uh, arrow weight. Um, I ran I ran over five hundred last year and I just wanted to I dropped down this year and and wanted to keep that arrow speed up a little bit. So that's what I'm running this year. But that deep six is is still kind of a kind of an issue finding some broadheads. So it's like. My my go to the the grave diggers stopped making them. Um, oh, did they? So I actually, yeah, they did. Yeah. So I got 
two packages of those, but I got uh, I got some uh, I ordered some Kudu points, so I'm interested to try those out. Um, mm-hmm. Single two blade, single bevel. Um, I shot the Helix before similar broadhead, um, and Caleb, you killed your bull last year with that Helix. Yeah, frontal into the heart. I mean, that thing did 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 damage, killed him quick within probably 60, 80 yards. Um, so yeah. I mean, they they flew well for me. I shot them side by side with these grave diggers last year, and they fly good. I was carrying two of those helixes in my quiver last year too. So, so yeah, so I, I I like the setup. I'm anxious to get some get it out in the field, get some broadheads on them, and shoot them. What about you, Caleb? What are you going to run this year on your uh, arrow and broadhead combination? Yeah, I'm running that Element Typhoon as well that we've um, – I had a bunch of shafts left over from last year from my previous setup. So it's actually a 350 spine. I, I should probably be in 300, but I just did my build a little different. And I have a 60-grain uh, stainless steel top hat uh, half out on the front. Mm-hmm. And then I'm running a hundred grain tip, mm-hmm. whereas normally I like to run a 125. But just to control that spine, I had to pare down. But I mean, shoot, that's still 160 grains up front. Mm-hmm. Um, doing that, and I've been just shooting the heck out of those. I I haven't had a problem with any kind of tune, bear shaft tune or otherwise, with those shafts at all in the last year. And for broadheads, uh, yeah, I was kind of more on the I've always been more on the fixed blade type, mm-hmm. and Braden and I got into the Strickland Helix a year or two ago, a couple of years ago. I got some, and like Braden said, I shot that bull last year. I got uh, also got some solid broadhead company broadheads. Uh, those things were sweet. I shot my muley. You said your muley last year with them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was good. But I'm I'm actually gonna switch it up this year. Why? Just because it's what I do. I don't. I don't know why really. But I'm still. I always stick with like a, a common type theme. You know, like Braden always jumps me for. Well, you're now you're changing this and changing that. But it's always along the same set of like like the same learning curve. You know, I just incrementally go by year. And so this year, um, I'm gonna just try out some DRTs as. Uh, backup broadheads, fixed blade. Uh, these are actually double bevel, uh, two blade. Um, fly pretty sweet. Those would be my backups. And then I just got a package from a company called Tooth of the Arrow uh, making broadheads. Pretty new. They actually had them at the ATA show this year. And it's a solid single piece um, fixed blade, four blade broadhead cut on contact. So it looks like a G5 Montec, except it's a four-blade instead of three-blade. And the ferrule is about half the length of, like, a Montec, so they're super short. But it's a four-blade broadhead. So, And they actually machine the weight back into more into your threads and the inside of the body, so your weight is carried lower and closer to the shaft. So, I don't know. We'll see like fly. 90 Maybe like ninety one percent or ninety three percent within the shaft or something, which is crazy. Yeah, and they they still have yeah. killer thick blades too, four uh, zero on the thickness, which is better than most out there. The guy the guy that makes them, um, you know, Brennan talked to him over the phone and he said, hey, I guarantee. He said, you screw that thing on and and go shoot it at a hundred yards right off the bat. He said you're gonna hit. So they're pretty confident in them, but I haven't screwed them on yet. In the next couple of weeks, I will for sure. But my total setup is about 472 grains. It's pretty good. Yeah, I uh, I kind of. So what about you, Phil? I, I'm gonna, you know, I I used to shoot axis Eastern axis years ago, and then I went to the gold tip line for about four years i think maybe four i'm sorry i went i went over to carbon express didn't like that they're too light yeah and i went over to the to the gold tip stuff and i and i hunted with those for the last i think four years and um you know i i like the 
unlike that axis diameter arrow, the chaos, um, I just don't like the components of the gold tips. Right. You know? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I don't, I'm not married to any arrow company, so it's just, and I was going to, I was going to put a, a hit insert into a chaos arrow and then I just, you know, it's like, you know what? I've hunted with axis before. They shot great. Uh, they've killed, I mean, I've killed quite a few elk with an axis arrow, you know, years back and I'm just going to screw them on. I, I mean, I built some out for, for myself and, and, uh, 300 axis, 125 grain tip, just standard insert. I think they're finishing right at 465 is what I think they came in at. And, and that, that, um, defiant 34 is pushing them out at like 285. I think I, it said like 77 pounds, I think where I finally set it at. Oh, so, your new one. Yeah. The new one. Uh, yeah. I, I've only put probably maybe 25, 30 arrows through it, honestly, since I've got it all put back together, I've just been shooting my other 34 because train to hunt nationals next next weekend. So I've just been trying to stay stay dialed in with that bow and and they're they're essentially the same bow, they spec'd out the same and just a little bit more weight. So once I kind of transition over, I think that uh, hopefully it's, it's a pretty mild transition. So. Yeah, that axis is it's a solid arrow, man. I mean. It's going to be a go-to for for the foreseeable future, really. I mean, there's nothing that can go wrong with that arrow. No, and you know, talking with uh, Alex, the the Eastern rep, he uh, he was telling me that the Axis arrow is since it's in set, since it was introduced is the only arrow since that time in the Eastern line that's continued to grow in sales year after year. And what are we like hmm. eight or ten years in with the Axis? I mean, yeah, it's probably close to a decade. Yeah, it's pretty impressive that that one arrow continues to outperform itself or outsell itself the year before, even this many yeah. years in. In the day and age of what's new and what have you done for me lately, you know. Well, and I think I think a lot of guys are doing what, what you do. Actually, Phil, they shot that axis a while back. They tried a bunch of different stuff, and they really just that simple axis was is their solution to go back to because it's the go-to, you know. Yeah, and and I love those pro hunters that Gold Tip made. I mean, I shot those for a couple of years, and they fly great. They just yeah. a 300 spine and a 125 grain tip. Once I started weighing weighing down those inserts a little bit more, my groups opened up, and I noticed that last year, just getting ready for sheep hunt, I was shooting a lot at 80 and 100 yards, and I tried to put 125 grain tip plus 20 grains in the insert, and you know then you start you're, you're we're talking about but 100 about 160 grains up front on that 300 and I shoot yeah. about 74 pounds last year and it just seemed to break that spine down a little bit too much because I guess yeah, my, it probably would. Yeah, my group size it about doubled at 80 yards and wow. I took that I took that weight out and it just it shrunk the group back up so I just ro- I just rolled with that group and it did fine. I mean it did good, but it's just it finished out at like 425 430 grains. Pretty I, light. Yeah, and I still wanted a little bit more. You know, I just mm-hmm. four sixty is not super heavy either, but it's starting to at least carry a little bit more weight. Right, five whatever. So that's what I'm going to well, roll with this year. Especially when you have a hundred and sixty of it up front too. Yeah, it it's pretty good. That's man, it it was a huge difference because I was shooting about a four hundred grain arrow mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and last year I went over to the, you know, you suggested those chaoses for me, so I. Started playing with those with the 50 grain uh, Easton hit insert in there, and it was it's insane the amount of energy I hit targets with now and hit my elk with last year. Like it's just a whole nother game compared to what the the lighter arrow was without the heavier FOC. Yeah, yeah. There's so many physical dynamics to it. It's fun to play with. We sound like mathematicians and Caleb when I talk about. <laughs> If you do this, oh, yeah. you add that, you subtract that, then you divide by mm-hmm. this, you know, you'll get to this. And trying to figure out, you know, that perfect arrow weight that you want to get to or arrow design you want to get to. Yeah, and, you know, I think that – and when I talk to customers at the shop, too, a lot of people – it doesn't seem like there's as many people geeked up on speed as there was, like, you know, two to five years ago. It yeah, seemed no. like 
a lot of people really wanted to hit that 310, 315 with their hunting arrows. And, you know, the longer draw line guys, you know, if their arrow is light enough, no problem. And it seems like more people are really, like you said, maybe it's they're just like, you know, whether it's a bad experience or just doing a little more studying and realizing that, that, that the more momentum you can send down range, the better, or the, the arrow with more momentum, I should say, is, I don't know, man. It seems like we're starting to sell more arrows in that 450 to 500 grain finished out weight range. Yeah. Uh, people aren't afraid to shoot 125 he- grain heads anymore. It seemed like for a long time, nobody wanted... People, when I when I started hunting, that's all, it was just 125 grain heads, you know. It was when I started bow hunting. And and then it's like, oh, and 100 grain, all you need is 100 grain. And, and for years, it seems like people have been in that 100 grain. And again, maybe because of speed, but it seems like last year and even more so this year, I've got a lot of customers asking me for 125 grain heads. You know those those uh, those dirt naps. Um, you know the yeah. the 125 grain. Um, uh, the freaking arrow that I'm shooting right now. I or the broadhead. Sorry, the grave digger. Yeah. Um, that was a popular one. I ordered some of those new carnivores, those those uh, Grim Reapers in 125 grain heads. Those those look kind of cool. I'm, I mean. I may consider those for whitetail this year, just just like you said, yeah. Caleb. Not that there's anything wrong with the setup I'm shooting now, but I'd like to try new stuff out. And, yeah, definitely. And, and I'm, you know, I, I I don't know that I'm going to go any more mechanical for elk than what I'm doing with the hybrid head. But for you know whitetail, pronghorn, I, I'll, I'll play around with some of the, the strictly mechanical heads and, and see how they do. But I'm just not convinced that I want to, uh, you know, put all my eggs in that basket yet. I, I, I think that it's going to be either a, a fixed blade or, or a hybrid head for, for elk for the, for the time being. But I, uh, I killed a bull a few years back with the Grim Reaper, uh-huh. one of their originals. Um, and I, I shouldn't really have any complaints. It did the job. It killed the bull and probably a hundred yards and killed it pretty quick, but just the way, the way it went down, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> weren't convinced. I wasn't convinced. Like you said, like I would shoot whitetails all day with him, you know, but I don't know that I'd shoot. I mean, he was perfectly broadside at 12 yards. And I'm figuring, now granted, I was a shooter, so there could be some mistakes in there, but I mean, <laughs> I figured, I figured that arrow would be 60 yards behind him. You know what I mean? And that oh, arrow yeah. was, it was broke, broke off and back in his, you know, left or his right his opposite hip and his back opposite hip because it must have deflected off a rib or something and and shot back and ended up only catching one lug in the liver and like i said he laid down the side within 60 yards pretty quick but still i was yeah no i'm not gonna try that one again that was pretty crazy i remember that one it when we when we opened that bowl up you could see one once it hit that rib it deflected and you broke a blade on, on one of them. Right. Yeah. And then it, it it like turned the corner. Yeah. And shot all the way back down its body. And it was a broadside shot and went into the back of the hip. But yeah, so we were a little like, I I don't know. We were a little sketched after that, you know, seeing that happen. It did the job. Yeah. You see that and you're like, well, what if it didn't, you know? So, yeah, well, your arrow took a ninety degree turn almost. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, that's it, pretty, it, it's pretty, pretty good angle, man. Yeah. Pretty good angle. That's, that I've, would make me nervous. I've had something similar on mule deer. I mean, you got. Uh, I know, Braden. You you saw the the mule deer that I had in the in the shop, the one I shot a few yeah, years yeah. back. I mean, I I hit that one. Um, I hit that one in the shoulder, and it ended up shooting that arrow straight up, and it and it hit him in the spine it paralyzed him from kind of like the mid midsection back and similar deal man i mean that was with a striker that was you know fixed blade head oh yeah and it just at the angle of where he the way he was positioned when i shot him and that arrow like i said it hit him it ricocheted up and i didn't know because he he got he stood up and he flipped backwards he flipped over and then he went kind of like behind the hill where i couldn't see him and i thought it was done deal because i just figured it was done well one of the other buddies that was down the hill with the spotting scope 
you know, I was sitting there waiting. So I was like, oh, you know, going to give it time. Well, he runs up the hill and he gets up there probably, you know, 12, 15 minutes after I'd shot him. And he said, Buck's trying to get up. You need to go put another arrow in him. And, but he was, like I said, he was paralyzed from, from about the midsection back or mid body right. back where that, uh, that arrow had, had ricocheted up. It, it's crazy. And, and you think about it, a mule deer is a, a pretty good sized animal, but it's not an elk, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, it's, it, I mean, it is what it is. There's so many goofy things that can happen from. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, you can't blame it on, like I said, I, I don't blame it on the broadhead, but it just wasn't, I was kind of like, well, I'm, I'm going to take that out of the equation for next time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something about that just wasn't right. Right. It, and I liked, I mean, I shot the, uh, uh, the one that was before the Carnivore that was just a three blade expandable. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was it, called. But, yeah, um, they have a chisel tip and a razor tip. It, it well, no, not that one. It was one after that. It's it's got a it's got a really the the point. It's a all stainless steel ferrule, but it's uh I can't remember what the heck it's called. Um, I'll think about it here in a sec. But they re they basically redesigned that head and made the Carnivore. And some of the issues, because like I shot that broadhead into a pronghorn frontal, and it didn't open. Um, it didn't. And granted, a, an antelope's a thin-skinned animal, um, right? But but it it killed him. I mean, he probably ran 150 yards. But I'm telling you, it was it was uh, throat kind of to that that breadbasket area, frontal yeah. shot, and he went a lot long, a lot further than I thought he would from where that arrow hit him, and it was because there wasn't much to bleed the air was stuck in him and there wasn't much room to bleed out but that broadhead didn't open until it was maybe a third of the way in where it stopped because i cut him open i looked inside i wanted to see exactly what because when you looked at the hide all you seen was the basically the 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 when the yeah. ferrule and just the little tips from the broadhead it never opened on impact and it, it went in probably four to six inches before it started opening and they changed that broadhead, the blade design. They actually had to kick the blades down a little bit further because that angle of the tip, it, was it wasn't, it, yeah, those, those, it wasn't uh, far enough away from those blades to where it allowed, allowed them to catch. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but, but I don't know, man. I mean, they make, they make some great stuff. I, I know a lot of guys that have used them for years too. And I agree that deer, uh, yeah, all day long, you know, prong you know, all day long. You know what's funny? Kind of a tangent in that story is we have this, Caleb and I, Caleb can attest to this, we've kind of this, I don't want to call it a sickness, but I guess it's a sickness because, you know, we usually do the bulls, elk in the background, so you got gutless, you know, so you don't have to mess with that and deal with that. But when you shoot them, you're like, well, I want to see what it did. I want to see what it is, if the broadhead actually worked. I want to see all that. I want to see inside, you know, yep. to your battle. And you, Caitlin and I were laughing about it. We were like, we went through all this, all this work to do a gut list, and then we're about to open them up and look at what, you know, just Digging to get the science, science yeah. of what, the, what happened to the broadhead, you know? Yeah, that, I have to. That's what was cool. Oh, yeah, you got to, that curiosity. You gotta see what yeah. happens. Well, and it gives you a better idea of of what happened and did it perform right, or did you just get lucky, or you know, you learn yeah. more of the story of of uh, how you got them. Right. No. Well, Phil, you got you got training to hunt. What else? What you got training to hunt coming up? What have you been What have you been doing? Getting ready for that? Uh, you know, um, I've been. I've I've been running quite a bit, you know. I I'll still do I do like pack workouts about twice a week, and it's it's I've been working out consistent with you know 100 to 115 pounds, just trying to keep it consistent with what we've done in the past with the uh, events. Because who knows, you know, any anything goes at nationals, he could tell us you got to carry 150, or no, we're sticking with the same weight, but it's it's twice as long as a race. So some of the stuff I've been doing. Um, not, not every time, but like, uh, this last Sunday, which was the last harder workout, I should say that I did, I, there's a loop that I run up in, by golden and I went, I ran a little bit over four mile loop. Then I came back and I strapped on the 110 pound pack and I went for two and a half miles with the pack. And 
right, you know, very little rest. I changed from tennis to boots, hooked up the pack, and I went. So I just been trying to do more endurance, but focusing on not skimping on being able to carry that weight. Right. So right, because that's the challenge of that there. Yeah, the the from from a physical from like a an actual lifting perspective, I've 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 not gone crazy with that because honestly my my joints, my hips, my my knees and everything they're taking quite a bit of a juice abuse with with a, a lot of running and pack, but um you know, just I do I still been doing a lot of body weight stuff plus the running and and just trying to stay, stay like I said stay dialed with my bow. So, it's going to be fun, man. I mean, it it's it's because it's so different because the uh you know he changes stuff up at nationals it's it's anybody's game because there's so, there could be something that he changes that that could be very much catered towards somebody's strength and right. and because of that one event if it's really catered towards somebody's strength well that might carry him through to to finish out but um you know i i just i feel like i'm i'm getting ready for for high country mule deer man i mean that's getting up there braiding a week and a, what week and a half ago and and seeing a lot of deer and and checking out that country and coming in from a different to a different spot that's gotten me excited so i to yeah. say that i'm preparing for that no i i'm really preparing because i know it's going to be a suck fest hiking in and out of those <laughs> basins you know because not every not every stock's going to work out um you know we may end up spending all day or half a day getting in on a stock and if something happens wind turns and blows out well you know you got to go back and square one right and being prepared to do that numerous times and hopefully the odds work out in our favor and we can get a deer or two down. Um, that, that's really what I'm, I'm excited for, but you know, train to hunt that's, that's coming up, you know, in a week and a half. Um, and then uh, I've got two weeks between train to hunt and opener of deer, deer hunt and elk hunting. So I'm going to try to get up to elk spot. We've got a little bit of private spot that we're going to get to that's, um, gonna put a couple tree stands on a wallow a couple wallows and my cousin jesse and i are going to be hunting that unit together so um you know just some last minute dialing in some details i I wish i could have got up earlier to set up those tree stands but they're kind of like a plan b if it's real warm yeah if it's if stuff's not talking we're going to go sit and and that's what i've got man i just like i said i'm excited I've, i've got my gear pretty much dialed uh, like I said, I need to put some more arrows through that that other Defiant, but it's the same bow. It's it's just it's about five pounds heavier than what I'm shooting, draw weight heavier than what I'm shooting now. So, um, you know, hopefully everything's everything's good. Worst case, I've got this one that's dialed. I've shot broadheads out of it already, and and this one's this one's money. So if I have a few <laughs> fits with the with the fusion with the fusion Defiant, then then I still have the the old faithful I've been shooting most of the year. You know, carrying carrying all that weight and getting ready for training, uh, you could just carry both bows up, and then when you take pictures, <laughs> you take it with the fusion one. Right. <laughs> it looks so pretty. I don't know why you wouldn't. Man, that thing looks so sexy, especially those green green DNA strings on it. We put on the other day. Yeah. Oh. That made it. That finished it out nice, man. I tell you what. Sure, sure. When I put it on, when I put it together the first time, I just had the factory strings, black and silver strings on there, and I looked at it. I was like, man, that bow looks so good. Except those no the strings don't just yeah. You know. So then once I got those green ones on there, man, like like Braden said, the fusion on that bow, the green is just kind of like the accent. You know, it's not a lot of it on the, yeah. on, the on the paint. So with those strings, it just kind of makes it pop a little bit more. Man, it's a sexy bow. I'm, I'm gonna at least yeah. look good. So he, he yeah. did a good job yeah. on it, man. He did a real good job on it. Yeah, shout out yeah, to uh, Mel- Melonhead Customs. Oh. It's, uh, yeah, Darren, Darren, Darren's a guy's name, Melonhead Customs. You can find him on Facebook or email him, Darren, at, I think it's like D-A-R-I-N at melonheadcustoms.com. Um, custom, it's all custom, man. I mean, it's it's not uh, it's not film dip. It's not it's not uh, cookie cut or anything. He's he he's a he's an artist. So true paint job. Yeah. No, it's well. I think it's. I don't. So the, my the first bow I sent to him earlier in the year was a Cerakote finish, uh, but this one because of the fusion pattern he had to do it in layers, right? So I, I I'm not a hundred percent. I don't want to speak for him, but it looks like it's done in layers. It's still painted. I, I'm guessing he either has some kind of templates or he hand whether he hand painted or a template. I don't know, but it's sexy. 
did a, a really good job of recreating that. Yeah, I mean, he he did, but uh, I'm excited. So, Grant, you when you when you when are you heading out for your Wyoming deal, or is that kind of later in the later in the month? Are you starting with Colorado? What's what's your plans moving forward? Well, I, I can't start hunting until the 15th of September. Okay. And depending on how wait, wait, it works wait. out, you, you can't start. You can't start hunting in Wyoming until the 16th of September. You're right, but here's the thing: <laughs> I have ADD, and if I get too many tags, I'm gonna string myself out. So I know I just gotta. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna help some buddies out. I got a couple buddies that um, I kind of help get into the whole archery elk thing, and they haven't stuck an elk yet. So I'm gonna try to. You just the assistance if they need help calling if they need help packing in hopefully packing elk out i'll I'll, uh, be able to go in and help them out but i'm not gonna have a bow in my hand for the first little bit look i it looks like i'll be able to sneak out for um one more scouting trip around the beginning of september uh to get just a you know a little more familiar with the unit um but man it's coming up fast like i'm I'm really excited about having this tag, but the, I, I I feel the pressure, man. It's it's a lot different going into a season when you when you actually have standards. <laughs> I'm just so used to shooting anything that I can possibly get an arrow into that you know actually being out going out and being like this is what I'm going to stick to is, is is interesting for me. Um, but until then, just kind of little scouting trips here and there, just try to. Any excuse to get out, scout Colorado elk um, for my friends, and, and try to get them set up, uh, and hopefully help them pop the cherry a little bit. So you'll be on call when when I need your help to pack. To oh, pack absolutely, elk out, man! Like I, the second I'm, second week of the season. I'm a pack mule. Something's wrong with me. I love to pack elk out. So anytime <laughs> I have any, anytime I can help pack out or do anything like that, I'm always trying to tack along with someone so I can just get involved man cutting elk up or helping help someone get an elk or help get it out i don't care man i'm i'm there yeah i know 100 percent, man that's uh that's good helping other people get involved and you know like you said being there to to offer some guidance or some assistance or if nothing else just sharing the experience because oh yeah the the more chances you get to experience something different man the, the better we all are but um oh, yeah. What about you, Caleb? What, what's uh, what's where are you starting out your season, or what you know? What's your plan? Oh man, that's a great question. Good thing Braden's on the on the other side of this conversation. Uh, our our spot that we were planning on going to for elk this year uh, will not be accessible due to fire, and so I mean we're pretty much scrambling right now. We you, somebody mentioned Plan B earlier. Like that's all we have right now is Plan B's. So, well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say our scramble is to find a spot. Our problem is our scramble well, to decide on the spot. We've got to decide which one out of the ten that we're going to go to. Yeah. But yeah, that I mean that's that's it right now. Um, I was talking with Braden before we got on this call about just getting pack weight and stuff together too, like all the little goodies, you know, laying the pack out and going through gear lists and stuff like that, but. Really, for for the elk hunting, I that's it's all I can think about right now. Like going through my head, like calling sequences, um, setups, you know, bulls coming in, and really, I think Colorado has so much good over the counter that I truly believe that any anywhere we pick, we're gonna get into something, you know. Oh yeah. Um, Oh, there's elk everywhere. To to I mean, see we've got a for sure good history of that, we got a pretty good history of it. To see the hype that everything here in Colorado, you know, this week with the leftover tags, with a lot of those premium tags that got turned back in and opened yeah. back up, I can I'm guessing, right? I don't know, but I'm guessing there was probably twice as many people hitting the you know Tuesday morning when when licenses went back up for for leftovers. I bet you there's twice as many people yeah. in line this year than last year because oh, of. Yeah. 12 or 14 tags that were out. And it's, crazy. it's crazy. Yeah, because, you know, I, I, like like you guys said, hunting over the counter, if you're not afraid to work and you're prepared, you can get into elk 
almost as good or as good as a lot of those areas. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen I, some pigs in OTC. Yeah. Some big oh, yeah. bulls in OTC units. I mean, they're a lot smarter than the big bulls in, in the draw units because it takes a lot more to survive those. But the thing is, is you can go back to the same spot every year. I guarantee you I can go back to those OTC spots every year and build the familiarity with those units. And I think that's huge when it comes to hunting, becoming yeah. more familiar with your area, what elk do in certain areas. It's, I think a lot of times people can almost overhype or limit themselves to their hunting opportunities due to like quote unquote trophy units. No, well, there's, there's that. I mean, I, you know, I say we're scrambling, but this, this isn't anything new to me or, or Braden or the Brandon and Isaiah, the other guy we hunt with. We've been in this spot before and, We've been going back in. I mean, I've been elk hunting since I was a kid, but we've been hunting together as a group backcountry for eight or nine years now. We have literally gone all over the entire state, way down south, um, all the way north up to the border, west, southwest, farther east, and every single season, every season, we've had shot opportunities. We've called bulls in. We've been in elk, you know, some years heavier than the others, but we've never had a disappointing season ever. And so I, and I, I think that's important for people to know is because we have people ask us all the time, well, where, where should I go? And, and I'm sure everybody on this call gets that too. Where should I go? Where, where should I go elk hunting? And I tell them like, man, pick a wilderness area. There will be elk mm-hmm. there, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I mean, I, we, there's so many elk in Colorado. We have just yeah. a plethora everywhere. And but it, you may not fun. be getting into giant bulls, but you're going to be hunting elk. But right. it's like Phil said, though, is if you're willing to put the guys that are willing to put the work in to get to them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not we're not right. camping at the truck, right? I mean, yeah. we're miles back in, and we're putting on anywhere from 45 to 65 miles on foot in in a week's period, you know. So, yeah, you got to put the work in to do it. They're not going to come to you for sure. It's kind of interesting. Caleb and I were talking about it, um, spots. And we also, you know, we talked about spots we haven't been to as a group in, I don't know, six, seven, eight years. and. Yeah, to go back and hunt them differently to see if you get different results or see, you know, what's changed and see if you've gotten better as a hunter maybe or, you know, you have different techniques and the hunt changes. And so it's kind of interesting to think about it that way too. You're like, huh, we can go back and test that and see what's changed, yeah. what we've gotten better. So that's kind of fun to think about and do too. So, so Braden, cl- close out this episode with, Obviously, you and I drew tags, deer tags uh, together. We're going to spend the first week or so chasing deer, hike country. But how, how does the rest of your season, obviously, we're we're hoping for, for some luck and, and some good fortune. But, um, you know, what what's your what's your kind of progression then as, as your season rolls out? So, yeah, I, uh, obviously, we're going up that, that first weekend for a few days. Um few days then and uh yeah hopefully i'm i'm really excited about that that's priority number one so i'm focused on that i'm kind of focusing all my all my efforts on that right now um but then plan b at the same time um so after that we'll get back um and before caleb and i and the boys aren't going out until the last week of september so those two weeks in between, um, I kind of run solo. That's kind of what I've been doing the last few years is I, I bounce between hunts and then wait for that big hunt with those guys. But I'll bounce solo on uh, on some weekend trips um, up to a few different spots that uh, I think I'm going to go try and look at uh, here over the next couple of weeks. Um, some spots I've been to, some spots I know there's elk in, some spots or a spot that Grant's pointed me in this direction of that, that I've always wanted to go to. So 
Um, I'll do that solo, um, try to kill some elk um, if, if need be then, and then uh, still plan on going on that, that long hunt at the end of the month. So I'm excited. I've been doing kind of in that last that last uh, phase of, I guess, what you'd call it, training. Um, kind of changed more from, from my normal routine to more of a um, long-distance pack work. Um, grunt work is what we like to call it, grunt work kind of routine um, for getting this, this close to season and getting into this time and then uh, doing some other little stuff, shooting the bow, shooting the bow, you know, working on footwork while shooting the bow. I already imagine some, some hairy situations trying to stock down some of those avalanche shoots we saw while at full draw. So I've got some interesting setups in my garage to, to kind of simulate that and you know, you practice like you play. So I've been trying to do that and, and get to the, the fine-tuned details right before season. So it's going to be a going to be a packed season like usual and just going to try and enjoy the hell out of it. No, 100%, man. And, and you know, we always do. And, and it's it's too bad that you think about it. So our, our season is, what, four weeks long? Five weekends yeah. sandwiched into four weeks? Um, in between four weeks, I should say. But... You know, we all would love to be able to go out and and hunt together, you know, with a bunch of different people because, you know, like like Grant and 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 Braden and Caleb and Brandon and 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 other guys like even like Colton and Frank and Aaron and those guys, you know, I've I've hunted with Santino some in the past and Teddy and it's it's too bad that we don't get to hunt together more, you know. Yeah. And and that's part of the reason. I, I started pursuing whitetail a little bit more a few years back is because it's it's in November. Um, it's uh, we, we hunt Nebraska. Tags are readily available. And it's far enough away that, you know, you, you, it's, you can hunt with more people or some different people at least and get to, to, to just hang out, man. I mean, it's it's, it's yeah. the dinner. It's a dinner at night and shooting the bull and talking about the, the day's experiences and and what the strategy is for the next day. And, um, it just, it sucks that it's, it seems so short, you know, and, and here we are, we haven't even got it started yet. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to put a damper on that. It was, yeah. It's too short, but it just, it Quit, just yeah. goes to show that, yeah, I mean, we, we prepare all year physically shooting our bows, you know, Grant, you, you know, you went to, to Hawaii to, 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 to continue your season whenever you could. Right. So, Absolutely. That it's just it's just part of the lifestyle, man. We we enjoy and and happy to be here, um, you know, sharing the conversation with with people out there because we we're just like everybody out there. There there's there's nobody here tooting their horn that that we're better than anybody else. It's not like that. We're hunters, just like you know all the listeners that are out there. So uh, because of that, again, we're we're here to to share our experiences and also. I just want to remind everybody as we close out this episode, um, our gear giveaway. We've got that uh, Grizzly Cooler with some goodies inside of it. That Coming uh, up, isn't it? That's it, man. We've got. Oh, I'm gonna say the twentieth, right? The twentieth. So we're we're probably gonna be a week or so after this episode airs when we'll uh, when we'll finally end up announcing that. So maybe what we'll do is we'll try to get everybody together. Uh, again, here within the next week, week and a half, do another big group episode as we get closer to the season and announce that winner. So we'll, we'll take, we're going to take people up through the end of the day of the 20th, but we'll probably announce the winner like the 22nd or 23rd or something like that. So Bill, how does, uh, how does a guy like me get my name in a hat for that deal? So this is, this giveaway we're doing is for any episode since we started uh, this group format, right? Since um, we had uh, Caleb and Braden, uh, Brandon when you guys came on the first time, and then Grant and, and Braden, and, and then the group episodes, and then this one, and then the, the tech t- tips we've got, the DNA tech tips. So there's, I'll have to go back and double check, but I want to say it's like episode 85, maybe 86. I think it's eight, I think it's 84, 85, so, 85. So, yeah. So yep. what we'll do is we'll go back to any of those episodes. Anybody who's shared one of those episodes on Facebook, um, it's a little harder for me to track everybody on, on Instagram and stuff if, if we're not 
uh, following each other. So if you share the episode from Facebook, make it public so we can see it. A lot of times people don't make it public and or they've got a private account and we can't see it. So make it public, share the episodes. And what we're going to do is if, um, you know, I'm just going to take you, if, if you shared each episode, then we're going to put your name in the hat one time for each episode. If you share one episode 20 times, I'm not going to put you in, I, although we would appreciate that. Um, we're just going to make it fair. And if you share each episode, then that's how you're going to maximize your opportunity at some, uh, dirty North archery string cables at, uh, yes, grizzly cooler. We've got some gear from one shot gear that, that Grant's been uh, courteous enough to, to throw our way. And we've got a few things from no limits archery that we're going to throw in. So, uh, it's going to be a pretty cool giveaway. Definitely. Once we put all the goodies in there, it's probably going to go up over 500 bucks. Um, with some odds and ends and the price of that cooler and the stringing cables. So share it. Uh, we'd be happy to, to give somebody a great gift right before the season. Do you guys have anything else before we close out? No, just uh, keep keep at it. Keep keep doing the thing. It's getting close. So should be should be a little bit of nerves, a little bit of anxiety. I know I've got it. I must throw up every morning. I'm like, oh, my God, it's almost here. <laughs> So, <laughs> the beginning of August, which means it's almost September. There <laughs> yeah. you go, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, super so. excited for those quads to start burning when we start hiking. Yeah. So, oh, so, yeah. I hope everybody has a great weekend. And, again, we're, we're about three weeks or so prior to, to season here in Colorado. There's some states out west that actually probably start hunting any day now. So good luck, be safe, shoot straight, and thanks for checking out the podcast. Later.